First, obviously, we had a few penalties there. I think we had four, maybe. Obviously, didn't help help with our start for sure. Um, kind of getting the rhythm of the game. So, um, a combination of things. I think just as we gotta look back, regroup. Obviously, losing is hard. I think any game you lose, lose, lose a close one, you lose one by five. It's losing is it's not no fun for anybody. Um, we're we're here to win. So, um, like I said, we gotta regroup. We have a very very tough team coming up here next week and uh, back on the road. So. Um, we're going to have to regroup as a group and um, come prepared for the next one. Well, it was a tough one last night for the St. Louis Blues as they fell to the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 5 to nothing, and finishing that three-game Western Canadian road trip with a 1-1-1 record, and they are back to 500 now at 3-3-1 after seven games. Hey, welcome into Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast, getting you caught up on everything that happened the night before for the St. Louis Blues, and it definitely was a tough one last night. A penalty by Pavel Butchnevich taken 17 seconds into the game. Put the Canucks on a power play, and the first time this season, the Blues saw the speed and skill of the Canucks, a team that on their home opener beat the Edmonton Oilers by a score of 8-1, to and the Blues felt the pressure. They would go all the way through the first period, only a Allowing the one goal, which in a lot of ways is kind of amazing, but the Vancouver Canucks eventually broke it through in the second period, and the Blues were chasing the rest of the game. Let's get you started with the highlights, and unfortunately, the highlights from last night are a lot of Vancouver Canuck highlights. Hughes straight away into traffic, shot on. Bennington will make the save. It's two big bodies with Colton Pareko battling with JT Miller right in front of Jordan Bennington, and he just picked that puck right out of the air. And a slap shot from Philip Hronik goes over to the far side. Wide of the net. He takes another one. Driven to the goal. Save made. Pass to the near wing. Shot on. And Bennington, he'll make that save as the puck is then cleared all the way down the ice. Hughes again onto the puck. Put it down into the corner. Centering. Bennington gets a piece of it. Second chance knocked away. Good tip by Pareko at the side of the net. And again, the Blues can't clear. Canucks. In, Hughes, near circle, fire, score. It was only a matter of time, and it hasn't even been close in the first eight minutes of this hockey game. 1-0 Vancouver, 12-1 to go in the first. Well, like you said, Curbs, and you, you look at that last TV timeout, the head coach knew it. I'm trying to get his group rallied here. I mean, it's just been something really simple. 7.59 into this game, Vancouver came ready to skate. They're winning every 50-50 battle right there. That whole play started with Kuzmenko beating Nick Letty to a puck. It led to about a minute, minute 20 of offensive zone time where I had to keep double-checking to make sure they didn't pull the goalie. It looked like a six-on-five situation. It really did. They get it over to the far side. Sent down by Hronik into the corner, into the middle. Shot wow. on. And that's another block. Second or third of the game from Pareko. Kuzmenko, look out on the near side, and Neighbors absolutely drills him down. Hit off the ankle of Kuznetsov, who's limping out there after blocking that shot. He took a monster hit from Jake. Nice cut over the blue line. Canucks into the middle. Suter with a shot. He fanned on it. Sunquist clears it down. And the Rottler pest control penalty kill is four for four on the night. Vancouver along the blue line on the near wing wins it. Hughes is on his backhand. And a broken play to flex off, I believe. Kevin Hayes is skating in. 2-0 Vancouver. 
And Hughes just threw it to the neck, looking for traffic, found it, and gets his second goal of the game. Perico moves that one up the far wing, and it's cleared to Brandon's side. Skates it in, but it's poked away. His teammates are changing. So it's one and done, and everybody off. Breakaway coming the other way. DiGiuseppe score. Bad turnover inside the blue line with his teammates changing behind him. And DiGiuseppe goes five hole on Bennington. It's 3 nothing Vancouver. Craig Barubi is going to call a timeout. 13.02 to go in the second period. So the Blues will go to work on the Ameren, Missouri power play. Krug turns it over. Shorthanded breakaway Miller. Tucks it in and scores. And it has gone to bad to ugly here for the Blues in the second period. 4-0 Vancouver. Out of the zone off of Hughes it goes. And it's turned in the middle to Shin. Shin shoots and a pad save. Denko lift up the right leg and a great save. Denying Braden Shin's first goal of the season. Patterson near side, Mikhaev shoots, scores! A bouncing puck off a leg bet, created a two-on-one for Vancouver. 5-0, Canucks put a handful on the Blues. 13-25 to go in the third. Rolls it in behind the net to the far side, it's going to come up. Garland fires a shot wide of the goal at the buzzer, and this one's over. Tough one tonight for the St. Louis Blues as they're shut out by the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 5 to nothing. Well, you can imagine the frustration of the team, both in the dressing room and the coaching staff. Let's check in with Craig Berube. Well, we got outskated, no work. Took three penalties in the first period, three or four. You're on your heels. We got out of there one nothing, so came out, gave up another goal, and just sloppy not very good getting out of there one nothing we, we we give ourselves a chance still you know going into the second but we never got a big enough response that's for sure i knew it was going to be a tough game we all did and you know they're they're rested here at home and waiting for us but you know that's that's not us you know we didn't play our game here tonight it's hard to find anybody out there you like it's not going in easily for us right now so if the, you know that's the case sometimes you go through these spans and are these spurts and, and things like that but you know we got to play better defense you know we got to play better defense took too many penalties and we we didn't manage the puck good enough and we didn't defend good enough so we got to win close games and you got to do those things to win close games well ownership and accountability is something that was talked a lot about by doug armstrong by craig berube and i think you could hear that accountability when you listen to the locker room didn't move our feet early didn't execute the puck early um you know, didn't support each other on the breakouts, which caused us to play in our whole end, uh, the whole first period, and take four penalties. And um, you know, in the room, I felt before the game we were ready to play, and we just came out flat. You know, like we talk about, you're you're going to lose hockey games, but you can't be losing them like that. You're not even giving yourself a chance. And um, you know, we uh, we have to clean that up, and and you know, we can't be uh, a game and then. Uh, D game, you know, it's it's uh, we got to be consistent, and, and uh, we haven't found that yet. You know, we come out and um, you know just make mistakes, and, and they're in the back of our net. And um, you know, when when the goalie's on and uh, he's giving you a chance to win, you have to find ways to uh, create momentum. And, and you know, just all of us, we got we got to find ways to score goals. It's just not you can't score two goals a night and and, and find a way to win hockey games. You know, some nights you can, but on a majority of the nights. Um, you know, it's it's tough to win in this league scoring one or two goals a night. We got we got lots to work on, and and obviously can, being consistent is one. Well, that takes you inside the Blues locker room. A frustrating end to this road trip. Let's get a couple of quick hits from this game just to 
get you set on exactly what happened. In the first period, really was one of the toughest periods we've seen from the St. Louis Blues in a long time. Maybe years. The Blues were outshot in the first period 19-3. to We've seen lopsided shots on goal. That's one thing. But they were outshot attempted 35-4, to and that's how lopsided the ice was. And what's even more amazing about that is the Blues won 70% of the draws in the first period. They won 14 of 20 faceoffs. Vancouver was just that good at getting the puck back after the Blues won the draw. After two periods of play, 13 of the Blues' 18 skaters were minus. And for the Vancouver Canucks, all but three players, Lafferty, Pedersen, and Myers, had shots on goal. Now, on the positive side, the penalty kill went four for four. We'll talk about special teams when I get to the observations of the game. Tim Woodburn, a veteran hockey broadcaster of 12 years. He's covered major and minor league sports for over 30 years. He's part of the podcast. He's a good friend. He's a St. Louisan. And here's his two-minute game. Hey, Chris, it was a borderline embarrassing night for the St. Louis Blues to be outshot 14-1 to through the first 10 minutes of the game. I thought Jordan Biddington played very well. He gave up five goals, but could you really fault him on any of them? The Blues just aren't generating any offensive zone cycle time. They did in the third period, at least, when the game was a little bit out of reach, but I continue to wonder whether or not Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo will stay on the line together or if they'll slow them up like Edmonton did with McDavid and Dreisaitl. And at some point, Craig Ruby has to say, hey, we need to get some action going. And Jake Neighbors has been a great energy guy. I thought Verana was a good energy guy. I was surprised he got benched. I think the Blues will still be a decent team working from the goal on out, but they need to generate some offensive zone activity. I realize this was the second game in two nights, and it showed. For curbside reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. All right, Tim, thank you very much. Let's get the breakdown from Joe Vitale and his thoughts on just what went wrong last night. I would almost look at the game last night when the Blues played Calgary. I think they started out great, and they never put the foot off the gas. I mean, there was never a moment in the game last night I thought Calgary was going to climb back in this game. Now, the flip side, now the Blues were on the other end of that in tonight's game. Vancouver came out, got early touches in from the skill players. Whenever you take penalties early like the Blues did, and the first four penalties, in fact, of that game, you're going to give the other team's best players an opportunity curve to get on the ice. Not only get ice time, but get familiar with the puck, get comfortable with the puck. This team hasn't been in their home building for the last, you know, X amount of days. They were on a 12-day road trip. So you get them in the building, you get them familiar, you get them in that flow state. Pedersen's touching it. Quinn Hughes gets on the board early with the power play goal. To me, that's where all their star players took over. JT Miller, three points on the night. Uh, that really kind of blew open the second period. I think that the, the, the turning point in the game when the Blues still could have grabbed this thing but didn't was, believe it or not, even the second period because you're still at one nothing. You end up killing right. off the rest of that penalty. It's still one. And then, of course, what are you going to do now? You check the box of killing the penalty. Now you're back to 5-on-5. Can you get moving? Can you get skating? Can you draw a penalty? Can you generate something? And it just, like you said, it never really manifested itself in that. And then that's when Vancouver started to really pile it on. We saw G. Giuseppe with the breakaway goal, J.C. Miller with the breakaway goal, and then, of course, uh, just kind of snowballed out of control from there. The coaching staff is happy with some of the defensive zone structure they've had. You haven't given up too many games, like well, too many chances like you did tonight with two breakaways and, and not a lot of odd man rushes. But there have been times where teams at five-on-five five 
have controlled the puck for long stretches of times, and not by just winning puck battle after puck battle, literally almost looking like it's a power play. Yeah, I think the scouting report now uh, for Colorado, for example, coming into this Wednesday game in Colorado, it's once you get to the offensive zone, if you get into a setup, you really can keep it to the outside and use have your defenders find ways to get pucks through the net, and that's what Quinn Hughes did tonight, all the defensemen for that matter for Vancouver, and now you're going to be facing a Kale McCarr and a, uh, a Taves at the red line, I mean, you got Byram, you got a lot of great defenders in Colorado, and to me, that that's where the breakthroughs are really starting to happen defensively, and this is where the breakouts of teams playing against St. Louis uh, has been very evident. I mean, again, we're looking at the D zone at times, and you're like, man, did they pull the goalie? Is there a delayed penalty? What's going on? I feel like there's an extra guy, an extra skater out there at times. Uh, so, unfortunately, right now, we've seen this D zone when it looks really good, like against the Pittsburgh Penguins, for example, Seattle, Dallas, first two games of the year, it looks really good. It's a constricting style. But, you know, to be fair, I think that there's been some games where it has not looked good at all. You know, you look at that Arizona Coyotes game. Uh, there was a lot of breakthroughs in that one for Arizona where they hit seam plays to kind of create a lot of chaos. And I think this game tonight was no exception to what the Arizona Coyotes brought to St. Louis on that particular night. Uh, plenty of seam plays open. A lot of shots from the outside. Tons of traffic in front of Jordan Bennington and a very, very good Vancouver team that, Quite, quite frankly, Curves, from start to finish, they just did one thing better than St. Louis. They just outworked them. You know, and, and you hate to say that St. Louis, uh, you don't want to have too many games like this year. It's an 82-game season. You can't play on your toes, and you can't play aggressive for 82 games. It just it never happens for any team. These games are going to happen, but you have to make sure they're few and far between. Uh, but tonight, you look at that, that goal in that third period where Elias Pedersen has got a 50-50 puck right at the red line with Jordan Cairo, and he just digs in deep, gets right underneath Cairo, bounces him off, and makes two passes, and then all of a sudden, uh, Vancouver Canucks are, again are in another breakaway goal like we saw right there. That, to me, was kind of the storyline all night. It was just a lot of Vancouver Canucks players playing on the toes, playing aggressive, and just had that more of a hunger, more of a desire to win puck battles, and they did it. And they constantly pushed St. Louis back and kind of bullied them around here tonight. And in the end, too many hope plays for the St. Louis yeah. Blues when we talk about the long passes, not the short support. And even as we saw when the game was completely out of reach, towards the end of a shift, you've got control four on four. You just chuck it into the middle, hoping it hits somebody with really what is an uncontrollable pass. Yeah. And Vancouver had a heyday just blocking things out away tonight. Well, I think once it becomes 3 nothing, then 4 yeah, you do. You, you get impatient, right? You're trying to create something. You're trying to do something. Uh, and it, you almost find yourself in a bit of a quicksand situation where the harder you try and the more you work and the more opportunistic of a chance you think might be there, the more you kind of fall down, right? And it's a very easy thing for an opponent team to be up four or five goals. And now you just take away the middle of the ice and you just keep everything to the outside. It's a very passive kind of rope-a-dope style of defending. So to me, it's, it's what led to that point that really hurt the Blues where they really couldn't find anywhere to break through as Vancouver just tightened it up extremely extremely well during the third period. All right, Joe, thank you. Well, it's time now for my three observations in the game, and let's start with number three, the special teams. The penalty killing, well, it was good again for the St. Louis Blues, and it had to be. It went four for four. All of those in the first period, one penalty bled over to the second, and that penalty had a minute 37 seconds left on it. The Blues killed that one as well. If you take away the Arizona game where the Blues allowed three power play goals, the Blues penalty killing is absolutely fantastic. It's 15 for 16 and 94%. The flip side, though, well, the power play. 
The power play had a chance to kind of pull the Blues into this game, had a chance last night to get some momentum back. They did have six shots on goal over two power plays. That's a positive, maybe a consolation prize. But the power play again went over two and is now just one for 21 on the season. It has not been a difference maker. <laughs> Observation number two. One thing's very clear in the National Hockey League. The teams that had long playoff droughts, like Vancouver, who missed the playoffs for seven of the last eight years, Arizona, New Jersey, Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver, those teams, you can see how clearly the benefit of having several many years of high draft picks are starting to pay off. And in the case of teams like Arizona, in the case of teams like Vancouver, multiple top 10 picks. And it is hard for some of these other teams like the Blues, the Penguins, the Washington Capitals that have won so much over the years to try and stay at that level when they haven't had those high picks. And my number one observation so far, well, if you look at a quick snapshot of the first seven games, if there's one thing that's given the Blues some fits, it's good, fast teams. We saw it with Arizona. We saw it with Vancouver last night. Teams with a lot of speed that have some skill to put on top of it, well, that has wreaked havoc for the Blues, especially with some of the defensive zone coverage. And we'll have to see as the season goes along how the Blues can counter that and find way to be successful against those kind of teams. Those are my three observations after the Vancouver game. So the Blues fall to the Vancouver Canucks by a score of 5 to nothing last night. They'll have four days off before their next game. They will fly out to Colorado on Tuesday, take on the Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday. It's the second time already they will go four consecutive days without a game on the season. It's going to happen one more time before the end of the month of December. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction. It's your next day post-game podcast. Getting you caught up on anything you might have missed with some reaction from the locker room, hear from the coaches, and analysis from guys like Joe Vitale. And it comes your way the next morning after each and every Blues game. Have a fantastic weekend. Have a safe Halloween. Have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you at the rink.